All right, this is the A. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is the A, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! We have a fantastic guest, James Caponin. James, how you doing, man? So far, so good. No complaints. Right. <laughs> Very cool. All right, yeah, this is the eve of, uh, well, sort of the eve, eve of uh, Thanksgiving, oh, uh, the yeah. holiday season. And, and post-election. Uh, that's right, post-election. We have a lot to talk about, uh, you know, politics-wise and also what's Heard going on. And, James, I know you because we did One Tin in the Shade at the um, ah, the Douglas yeah. Morrison Theater. Douglas Morrison Theater, yeah. I can't imagine. It was five years ago, a half decade oh, wow. ago, Whoa. and it just like it seems like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, as I begin my podcast each week, how was your week? Wow. So Thanksgiving is coming up. Yes. So that means I took on way too much work. I, Mara and I, every week, my wife, we sit down and we do calendars just mm-hmm. to figure out what the next – it used to be one week. And I'm like, let's do two weeks because every now and then we have that week where there's just no free time. We're right. not. We're going to see each other in the morning and in the evening, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whenever we can carve out a day <laughs> – Or we know this afternoon is the best we're going to get this week. We better make sure we do something. Like today, except for the weather, um, we were going to go out. But um, looking forward, I had to flip back and say, can we just look at this week for one second? Because I had crazy days. Like I taught at SOTA. Um, seven classes at SOTA. I did three days. So does days. that acronym? What's the acronym? Uh, School of the Arts. It's okay, got actually it. the Ruth Asawa School of the Arts mm-hmm. in San Francisco mm. High School. Yeah. Elizabeth Carter is now the, um, I don't know what her official title is, but basically program director for mm-hmm. the theater department. Oh, okay. She runs the theater department. She has had me in over the years as a sub, sort of on the sly. You know, mm-hmm. She just puts her hours in and then pays me under the table. That's, that's past. We're past the, uh, the statute mm-hmm. of limitations. For that. <laughs> okay. um, but now she's official, and yeah. I am, I just found out today, officially a, an employee of the school district of right San Francisco. That's nice. Right on. So, so I would do that, and then Monday and Wednesday I did those classes, hung out in San Francisco, and then went and did a sit, uh, sitting for a portrait class yeah. for two days, which means the second day I had to bring the same set of clothes. Mm-hmm. From Monday. Hey, at least you get to wear clothes. But I often do jobs where I'm doing that kind of a day, and I can just wear the same thing. Okay. I can't do. I can't go back into school in front of all these kids wearing mm-hmm. the same clothes I was wearing yeah. Monday. But you have done nudes before, right? I mostly do nudes, but yeah. this was a portrait class, and so that was kind of crazy. I had another one yesterday. I've just been all over the place. So I've done School of the Arts. Um, Oakland High School. I'm doing my class in Richmond. Mm-hmm. I'm just all over the place doing this stuff. And then I had a gorgeous evening because I just didn't have enough going on this week. Yeah. Um, for Play Cafe, their scene night. Oh, right on. And Jamie Greenblatt and I and company. Yeah, right? and yeah. they're a wonderful crew. Um, KPFA is about to announce something, some new programming they're going to do that will affect the local theater community. Cool. So I won't say more about it than that, but the guy came. He was the speaker that night. And then we read scenes. The coolest thing about that was some of these scenes we're familiar with. Like there's a woman who's been working forever apparently on a piece about Susan B. Anthony. Mm-hmm. You get to find out some cool stuff about her. <clears throat> the first time we felt like it was a little exposition heavy. This time was gorgeous, and she walks over and hands me. We were doing two scenes. One was Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton. Is that Cady Stanton, yeah. Yeah. Um, one was a really wonderful scene between them, which also gave a lot of exposition, but just was emotionally wonderful. And ironically, somebody pointed out, you know, you get feedback if you want it. 
that there wasn't really much conflict between the two of them. And we were like, that's so not a problem. We've heard so much about what's going on in their world and how it's affecting them Mm -hmm. that the fact that they are not at odds with each other was fine. The second scene was with this guy. And let's see, you know a little history. Francis Train. I'm I've rob, I'm drawing a blank on that. But one. we all know him because we all know Around the World in 80 Days. Ah, That's okay. him. Uh-huh. He's the guy, and he was this rich asshole mm-hmm. who decided he wanted to run for president, so he was going to start a newspaper to help support his campaign. Mm-hmm. And these little lady who – they split between the suffragettes and the abolitionists. Yeah. This is that moment. So uh, yes, yes, they're yes. stranded. Mm-hmm. They are losing their funding, and they're not sure what they're going to do next. And this guy says, well, let's have a meeting. And the first thing he does is come in and grab her and kiss her on the lips. <laughs> okay. The, the woman tells me, think of him as Trump. Play him as Trump. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to imitate Trump. Oh, you had to play the guy. I played Francis Train. Got it. I, it's just a read, right? Sure, so sure, sure. I'm do- and all I can do is think, everything is amazing and wonderful. And you know what? We're not, you know, well, mm-hmm. sir, we're not sure if we, you know, I hear that we could do this. Mm-hmm. And really, whatever it is he's offering is something that has money attached. Sure, sure. And so the ladies apparently, by the end of the scene, the ladies have agreed to do it. And the poor playwright, she's looking me in the eye and going, I'm sorry, black man, but um, <laughs> these ladies actually jumped on a newspaper that became very racist. Yep. I'm like, you know, it's theater, and I got to play this incredibly crazy character. Mm-hmm. I love it. Now, there are some interesting parallels between that time period. You, you talk about the suffragists versus the abolitionists. Mm-hmm. And the 2008 campaign, I had a conversation with a white woman, friend of mine, not really, but uh, she was so upset. She was like, well, why did why is Barack Obama winning the nomination and not Hillary Clinton? You know, why a black man instead of, you know, she took it all in (laughs) racial and sexual. And I was like, what do you mean to tell you? I mean, to apologize. I mean, what is is. Right. And so but, you know, we have these things. That's very interesting. It's been. Yeah. So that's it's been a full week and Mm -hmm. I've got another not as packed week, thankfully. I don't have three things in any day next yeah. week. But, you know, leading up and then I don't know. We'll have to talk about what we're going to do schedule-wise because we're going to leave the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Oh, sure. I imagine that we'll have to take a break or whatever, and, that, and that's perfectly fine. So Bay Area does that. Thanksgiving <laughs> in the Bay Area. Somebody was saying, well, I'm worried because it's going to be the holiday. I'm like, wait a minute. You're staying in the Bay Area for the holiday? You can drive anywhere you want. You can park anywhere mm-hmm. you want. There, yeah. Everybody leaves town. Yeah. If Halloween is a big Bay Area holiday, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving is the holiday where everybody goes. Yeah. James, are you staying here or do you have family elsewhere? I have family yeah. extremely close by. I'd say 10 miles. One, okay. one city over yeah. and usually where? Livermore. So I'm from Pleasanton, oh, okay. Livermore. Okay. So it's nice. I go over you know, for Thanksgiving dinner, play some games of Scrabble and come home. There you go. Nice. So you're not affected by the fire. There are three, three major fires How is happening. the weather out there? It's still bad there. And in some ways, I'm still affected because um, some of our clients for dinner theater are up in that area. Oh. And so this is the second time we've sort of had sort of our patrons be affected by a tragedy. Well, the first one was the floods a few years ago because we perform in Oroville oh. at the casino. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, we actually got lucky. We got out of town probably about – 
two hours on that Sunday before they um, – I mean, nothing happened to where it flooded, but they evacuated. And yeah. It would have been unfortunate. You, you run that. or you help run the Gibson House Mystery Performers? Is that Yeah, right? I took it over about a year ago. Okay. The uh, former owner, he built it up for almost 20 years, and then he decided to retire and go to Florida. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of came and said, you want to take over the company, and we'll arrange a sort of a kickback program so I didn't have to actually buy it outright. which Because right. I, I was kind of hesitant to. My investments have got to be solid. And the first year, last uh, holiday season, we had, like, almost no shows, really. After Halloween, we had nothing. So it was very slow. And mm-hmm. it's not a lot of monthly overhead. I mean, almost none except for advertising. Yeah. And then this holiday season has gotten it picked up quite a lot, very busy. So it's that's been nice. Yeah. Fantastic. We'll talk more about that. A lot of things going on current events-wise. Um, <laughs> we've had the midterm elections, um, which, you know, it's half and half. I mean, I, I, I'm a positive person, so um, – and being a Democrat, liberal, mm-hmm. um, the House, we you know we got the House back. I have no right. idea if Nancy Pelosi will be back. Oh, of course, not only will Nancy be back, mm-hmm. m- my wife and I have been. And feel free to jump in on this at, at any point. Nancy, so I'm I barely even identify as a Democrat. I'm not happy about a lot that goes on, and I definitely the corporate side of it just pisses me off. So there have been years where I have not voted for Nancy Pelosi. I had no problem <laughs> voting for Nancy this year because if the Democrats were going to take the House back. Nancy has twice talked about retiring and then didn't Mm -hmm. because she felt like there was work that needed doing. This time there was no talk about it. She knew. And since our president likes insulting everybody, Mm -hmm. I think she's got a personal dog in this fight. And so she's – I don't think we have to worry about Nancy doing something crazy. Like I don't think impeachment is Mm -hmm. on the table. I don't think it is. No, I don't think so. There's either. so many other things to go after him about, and there's so many ways yeah. to slow his role on yeah. the things that he wants to and do. And daily, he c- continues to give ammunition to to folks. I mean, there are yeah. a lot of folks who believe, "Hey, Trump can do anything that he wants to do, and nothing will happen because he's just Teflon, the Teflon Donald." You know? Yeah. Um, no, but Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um, both. The Republicans have put forward some things to say, yeah. "No, we're going to cut this nuclear deal," and yeah. Nancy and the Democrats immediately said, "That's." top of our agenda yeah i think that's gone i think trump loses on that one and mm-hmm. he he will probably cry yeah and there's also the the death i mean because there have been so many things going on we've forgotten about the or a lot of people have forgotten about the death of the khashoggi. yeah khashoggi the journalist well that's that's why so bring that uh, back yeah. yeah and it's important to bring it back not just because of him and the morality of that but mm-hmm. also because there's no way that trump can win on this one mm-hmm you know, so yeah. he's going to have to fight to let these people get away with this. Yeah. I think even his base is going to go. Mm, mm. I yeah. mean, the only way he can do it is keep pushing. Well, he's not an American and it doesn't really matter. And it's one life. As, oh, God. Who was it? Yeah. Pat Roberts who said that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know about that. Well, we've got this, you know, hundred, <clears throat> hundreds of million dollar deal on the table weighing in the balance one life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm just going to read, you know, just, just, you know, I'll go through the list and, you know, whatever catches your fire, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So uh, NBC Sunday Night Football uh, runs a Trump racist ad 
This oh, was uh, yeah. Sunday. Oh, I didn't I know they did that. it. Yeah. Oh, I thought they most of them. Well, they abandoned it afterwards. They uh, abandoned it afterwards. Yeah, they ran an apology. Oops, we shouldn't have ran that ad. But they, they, of course, they ran it and right. took Trump's money anyway. Right. And usually these ads would be funded by a super PAC or the friends of whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. This was run by the Trump administration. So that happened on Sunday. Whoa. Um, Space probe. Oh, okay. Well, this is has nothing to do with politics. A space. There's been a space probe. Oh, that thing. Yeah, and scientist says it may be sent by aliens. Oh, oh the rock. <laughs> but have you seen the long picture? It looks yeah. like a cigar. Or something. It looks yeah. like a, a mangled cigar, like yeah. one that got wet and somebody gripped. <laughs> yeah. A baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have no, I have no thoughts on that. It looks like something out of South Park. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess. Um. Farrakhan, uh, I had no oh, idea he's around. Know. He uh, gave a speech. This was in, I believe, Saudi Arabia. Um, Death to America. This was on Sunday. Uh, Isn't that his regular speech? Yeah, it, it is. And then, of course, white, I white devils. the midterms, the Democrat takes the South, uh, the House. Beto O'Rourke and Andrew Gillum loses. Well, he Gillum doesn't really lose because today I guess I got a post notification that there's going to be a runoff. Wait a minute. For a cruise? No, for for, for Gillum. Gillum. Well, yeah, Gillum. Yeah, Gillum's back in, mm-hmm. back in the running. Yeah, this is both for the Senate and, and the gubernatorial race in Florida. And Stacey Abrams is, yeah. is still in the running. And still like, fighting. Come on, y'all. <clears throat> and I'm fascinated by how Trump is reacting to this. So he says in one mouth, "We won and everything's fine and you know we're doing great," and then he immediately fires Sessions as if it were a reaction, which was one well, thing. Of course, that was a reaction. Yeah. And then, of course, we have the press where he, you know, I want to definitely talk about this, where he, um, what is this dude? Jim Acosta. Yeah, Jim Acosta. Yeah, exactly. Got his credentials Asked the question, and, you know, and Trump had a problem with it. And then an intern tried to pull the mic away. And And then then they faked the video to make it look like he attacked her. Yeah, exactly. And also, immediately after that, he starts attacking a black reporter. He attacks another black reporter. And then says it makes a off uh, derogatory comment about Mia Love. Mia Love was the um, member of the House of Representatives. Oh, I, th- I thought is she a senator? Was she a senator? I, thought, I was just asking about. I didn't remember her name. She's Utah, right? Yeah, I thought she I was thought a she member was of representative, but she lost her race. I didn't know that. Yeah. So and and this is a black <laughs> Republican woman who you think Trump would embrace, and right. she's like, I've got no love for Mia Love. The hell with her. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Okay, that's that's really fascinating. I hope fascinating. she hears it because that woman's got a future. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I told uh, you this goes quick. So don't, yeah. don't be shy about jumping. <laughs> yeah, in. no, I, I, I'm uh, yeah, I, I just I've never really I, I used to be Republican. Now I'm sort of anti-parties just because I find too many people are they won't they're 100 percent with their party on yeah. even stuff that they wouldn't agree with normally. So yeah. either they change what they agree with, they f- kind of reformulate their opinions to match their party, right. or they truly don't disagree with anything. And their party says, "How can that be? How could someone agree 100 percent with their party?" So yeah. unfortunately, I, I think it's on both sides. People are like just towing the party line to an extent where they won't say, "I agree with you on this, but not on this," and right. that's yeah. where we have the problems. So I think it's the typical thing of uh, too many people like match themselves to the party instead of right. expecting the party to work for them yeah yes no and, that and is totally my position and and the thing is i have no problem with like uh there are moderate republicans there used to be a thing called the rockefeller republicans where they only focused on the fiscal economy uh, yeah. of the country I think it's still they still have a lot of those well sure I think but they became the blue dog democrats right well yeah <laughs> i mean uh the uh, it appears to me the republican party has been taken over by this extreme right wing 
which injects racism, misogyny, anti-Semitism, for whatever reason. I have no idea why you would, you know, make any comments against Anti-elitism. Yeah. Which is ironic because then they have their people. Because the other conversation we had this morning was, what about Mitt? Yeah. Mitt Mitt Romney. Yeah. And I said, she said, well, you know, maybe he thinks that he's going to save the party. I'm like. No, I think Mitt thinks that he's still going to run for president, I think, is what's going on. And he thinks that there's some base that's going to support that, as if he didn't pay attention to 2016. It was pretty horrible. It was wonderful to not be on the Republican side and watch them as they just shredded the party. Mm, yeah. And then eventually say, well, okay, we can agree on this guy. Let this guy go. Yeah. But the rest of them seem to be in a horrible place, including Mitt. So is Mitt going to fight the good fight for the good people of the Republican Party? Mm-hmm. That base is not those people. Yeah. The base how, that got Trump in is not those people. How do you support a party that doesn't support you anymore? It, yeah. yeah, that's what I kind of, and that's where I think that was interesting. On the, I um, I think I voted independently, but I just kind of saw a lot of people that I knew, especially in, in theater, uh, going the Bernie Sanders route. Right. And yeah. I thought that's interesting because I'm more. I don't know if I agree with all the programs, but mm-hmm. I, and I don't know a lot about them either. Maybe sure. the, the further I investigate, there's the more not I, a lot of detail. Okay. Well, I just kind of saw a lot of people going that direction, and it seemed to me like. Bernie kind of represented what the people want. The people wanted Bernie, but the party wanted Hillary. Now, that's just from right. a f- f- way high up right. oversight of it. No, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, on the other hand, I think with the Republicans, I think the party wanted a lot of other people, right. but a great deal of middle America and some fringe wanted right. Trump. So he uh, totally reflected what a, lot, a right. lot of people's choice, and it was the opposite of the Democrats. Like it, I think right. it, for a lot of people thought, well, it's Hillary's turn. She's waited a long time. Right. She's like paid her dues, right. and we owe her this. So they right. – Put her forward at the, and it didn't Which work. they were trying to do with Jeb on the Republican side. Yeah. Well, you know, it's his turn. You know, his daddy and his yeah. brother. It's yeah. his turn. Like, and what's he going to do? Well, I'm. You know, <laughs> doesn't look like I even really want to be here in the room. I'm kind of tired about all of this, but you know, I'm, I'm looking I've al- forward. I've always felt that Jeb had a lower energy than in, in his, both his dad and his uh, older brother. I just felt that way. But it was a, uh, a referendum against the establishment, whether mm-hmm. you establish yes. Republican or a Democrat. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of folks who I thought were, hey, aren't you excited that Hillary will be the first woman? I've asked a lot of women, and a lot of women were like, especially millennials, no, because no. she's establishment and um, she doesn't represent what I represent. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that from Republicans, you know, as far as, let's say, Ted Cruz or Any Mitt Romney. Or even John McCain, which I found, you know, very strange. Or even our VP. Pence. Who had to very quickly kind of step away from that. It was like, okay. Um, yeah. He's a very quiet VP. And I, I think most of them are. And sure. They, but very quiet. Does not say a lot. Yeah. And does not stir. So, James, it didn't, it, didn't, um, it didn't shock you when Trump won. Or did it, it? Did, it? It did, even though, I, I mean, again, I don't know how much I've been influenced by the media, so I can't ever tell. Was Hillary – I've never – I always like to say this. I've never met the person, so I sure. truly do not know someone that I have not met. And yeah. that's, we can't expect to meet all our candidates. Sure. Um, so that's unrealistic. But I kind of think, was she as bad as the media kind of, or like mm-hmm. portrayed, or did right. she not fight? You know the same fight. I, yeah. I don't know, but to me, it, it did surprise me, and uh, it's like interesting. The one thing I'd say about Trump is he's the same exact. He hasn't changed right. as a politician. He's exactly <laughs> the same person that campaigned. Yeah. And I was watching that. Uh, it was a Netflix show called The Nineties. They did the 60s, 70s, eighties, and nineties. Oh yeah, I love that one. Yeah. They cover a lot of great topics, and it's very interesting. One of them is politics, and mm-hmm. you, we could see. 
even Clinton's campaign where he's saying, we need to make America great again. So these slogans aren't new. This idea of we can – our nation is not doing what it should do. I mean, I always think – I'd like to say let's just improve. We can always improve. Almost in any area we can improve. But sometimes we say, you know, we've gotten to – we've come down. We've, like, regressed, and now we need to go back up. It's like, to me, that doesn't work as well. It's like, let's just keep improving. It's so many issues Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. we've we've come so far, but we've not – yeah. gotten to where we need to be um so i saw that i saw in, in it you can see at least twice trump actually say i'm gonna run for president too yeah. right and uh interesting i had no idea that his history of like toying with running mm-hmm. started way before this election yeah, it was in 2000 i think there's there's a um there's a meme where i think um what is it the simpsons had predicted yeah, the yeah. Oh, win. Right, right. and i think they were really reflecting on his 2000 run but Trump was very comfortable with the Democrats. I mean, he was a New York guy. Well, he was comfortable with everybody. Yeah. But, I mean, he's shaking hands with the Clintons and, you know, glad slapping them. And even he's even made, to the he election made statements partying. about – Yeah. Which it was interesting. Uh, you also get to see about Clinton and the whole, like, the, the intern thing. And oh, you yeah. watch just the sound bites of, like, I did not have right. sexual aid. And then the next one, I – it's like, you lie. I mean, it's a right. poli- politicians, but for him, I think we've always kind of had this image of, like, he was a really good one. But, I mean, we saw about JFK. He did a lot right. of good things. Sure. I, don't wanna, I think the, the good outweighed the bad. Even for Clinton, I think probably the good outweighed sure. the bad. Mm-hmm. But when you see someone just outright, when you're caught on the media, now that we right, have yeah. television recording, yeah. you have, you know, this evidence. Like, oh, you lied yeah. to us. And right. there was an interesting article. Yeah. I think it was a New yeah. Yorker article where a lot of Democrats don't want Clinton to um, – to, uh, to campaign for I, them anymore. Well, it did, even Obama was not an effective campaigner this time, and it was so horrible because I listened. I listen to AM when I'm in the car. I listen to AM radio, and one of the day, it was the last day. It was the day I think before the election. Mm-hmm. Um, Trump sounding great, you know, same old thing that Trump does, but he's sounding really good at, it, and it's worked for him so far. So you just keep going. Why not? Yeah, Obama. Sounding tired, and you know, I'm trying to put together, a, and the crowd just so happy that it's Obama, they're interrupting him, so he yeah. can't even get a yeah. straight thought out, mm-hmm. a com- you know, a complete thought. And I was like, "You need to stop, guy. You mm-hmm. just, you really need to do what a president has traditionally done, and that step the hell away from all of this mm-hmm. and leave it alone, for better or worse. Yeah, just step away because what you're doing now is you're killing your own legacy." Mm-hmm. You're spending the capital on your own legacy right now for what? Yeah. It's a midterm election. Yeah, but I'm sure he has candidates who are blowing up his phone saying, "Please, please, please come." But it's got to be exhausting. I think yeah, two, I mean, two presidencies. That's got to be so draining emotionally, yeah. and it, it kind of like it's, it's winning the Super Bowl. It's so tough. And right. I, I think once you have a ring, that yeah. passion goes down fast. It's like I'm I don't sure ever have to win a. A ring again. I have yeah. it once, so yeah. you don't see the same enthusiasm to someone that's like, "I've only got a certain time left. Yeah. I need that ring." Yeah, and so I think it's ego because what the strategic thing would do is to say, target some people. Mm-hmm. You know, Cory Booker's kind of shot his wad, but find somebody like that who, you know, three years ago mm-hmm. we're going, "Ooh, maybe." Um, find somebody. There are lots of current ones that you could just put up there the way they do after every State of the Union mm-hmm. where the other side puts some idiot up. That's right. There's an opposition person. Who yeah. hopefully is going to be a rising star, but mm-hmm. most of the time is just an idiot. You could have put some people out there with Obama's name on it, mm-hmm. and we would have listened to them as much as we listened to him. He, could, he wouldn't have lost any political capital. Yeah. 
And instead, mm-hmm. now he looks like a loser. Well, yeah. I, um, but also, Michelle Obama, now she um, not only has a book out, Becoming, but in the book, she talks about how she just can't forgive. Uh, you know, she talks about Trump had made this whole Bertha thing, which right. was, I think was just something that he just threw out there. Mm-hmm. But Michelle talks about how it affected her family and how right. she had to worry about people coming after her and especially the kids oh yeah and made it very very personal Personal. i've always enjoyed michelle i I, I, i'm one i'm one who loves barack obama but i felt that she is a much better politician as far as connecting to people although she doesn't consider herself a politician i I know she doesn't but he said that when he first ran he was like actually michelle Mm -hmm. would be the one and you know i look forward to that i look forward to her if she decides to somewhere in the future not Mm -hmm. 2020 please but um but i also look forward to her just Working on the level that she's been working on behind the scenes, mm-hmm. I think she will be wonderfully effective. So yeah, I think twenty—I don't know how many years from now—but uh, I was just—I haven't seen a lot of them at all. But I was watching Gavin Newsom like one of his yeah. speeches. Oh. I, that's yeah. a future Democrat. I, I think he's going to go far. It's not my so, guy. No, you're just looking at your career. I'm looking at you and going, okay, I can totally see you play Gavin. <laughs> yeah, James Capone really does look like Gavin. Of course, no one is as tall as Gavin, though. No, actually, I, okay. statistically, <laughs> politicians are like, especially presidents, have always been fairly tall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there've well, been some except- there've been some exceptions, like James Monroe was right. five four, right? But especially in the age of television, was know, Van Buren? Van Buren one? was like five eight. Yeah, yeah. But um, in the age of television, mm-hmm. you've got to look the part. And it's shame, but image is everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's become that way. We'll see. Well, Gavin has a chance. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not a big Gavin fan. Gavin has a chance to yeah. prove to us that he can actually – because Gavin has been given – you couldn't be given better yeah. than what Gavin's been given. He's at the easiest ride. I mean, I remember when he ran for San Francisco mayor against yeah. – um, oh, shoot, uh, Matt Gonzalez. Oh, who is now a public right. defender. I see Matt Gonzalez all the time now because uh-huh. I work with the DA's office sure. and about a couple of blocks away is the public defender. Mm-hmm. And I'll see him here. He's got, you know, like, I even asked him. I was like, are you going to run again? I was like, no, I did it. That's my time. I'm just so, I'm done with politics. I just want to be a lawyer. Right. Whatever. But Gavin, I mean, has he lost a race? I mean, he's just. No, he's like, been he, wonderfully strategic. Yeah. But now he's, if he uses this just to try and set himself up for national office, I it's fully what I expect, yeah. and I will be very disappointed. Mm-hmm. If he does, like Jerry did, I was never a Jerry Brown fan. I was a Jerry Brown fan, you know, Governor 1.0. I, I loved sure. Moonbeam. Mm-hmm. I loved him. Um, and then the years afterwards just became more and more embarrassing, and then he came to Oakland. And by then I knew who he was, and I was like, you don't care about us, and you ain't going to do anything for us. And sure enough, nope, I'm just looking to become Attorney General. Ooh, now I'm Governor. But he, when he ran his um, his ads for his his run mm-hmm. for governor, mm-hmm. I will not raise taxes without your permission. And I was like, "That's a bold statement." Except we're at the point where we're realizing taxes is not a bad word. Taxes, give me a tax any day over a bond, mm-hmm. please. Take the money and actually spend it on something. Yeah. Don't take the money and then give a chunk of it to the bankers. And for the most part, that's what he did. So I'm like, "Yay!" If Gavin. Gavin has set the bar really low for himself. Clear that bar, Gavin, and you will make me happy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. Let's talk James Caponin. Um, you're an actor. Uh, I, I consider you a creative as well. I mean, you know, you've done some web stuff as well. I think you have a um, well, he's a producer now. Video. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess so. I guess <laughs> it's like a hand in many pots. Yeah. Um, the acting, yeah, it's been uh, two years since a stage show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there's, uh, I, I think it's just, I sometimes go to auditions. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of opportunity in the area, but mm-hmm. a lot of it requires going into the city, and that, that can be tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, do you act when you do the mystery performance? Are you or yeah, are you just yeah. a producer? Yeah, that, that, oh, that helps a lot because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, as the owner of the company, you have to pay all the actors, and right. you sure. have to pay the stage manager. Right. Um, and then there's a kind of a, a royalties, too, depending on whose script is used. Yeah. Um, and a kickback to the old owner. So it depletes the funds. Um, yeah. And those, that money can go back into, uh, well, supporting the owner, of course, but also into advertising and future shows. Sure. So acting in it helps a lot. It's just – the former owner mostly didn't act. He mostly would just come stage manage and um, have the actors there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it allowed him the time because stage managing, it takes actually uh, quite a bit of uh, time there. When, when right. you, you have to arrive early, set up, and clear. But you also have to make sure everybody else is in places on time. Right. And if yeah. you're in the show, it is so hard to do that effectively. Right. I, I make mistakes, forget to do things. and um, yeah. Oh, so you're also stage managing as well as? Uh, when I'm as there, yeah. yeah. Oh, I did wow. the same thing when I did Four Men in Paris. <laughs> Foreman in Paris, and I was the stage manager and actor and the co-producer. So uh, I know, and I hope I know you that you learned your lesson, young man. <laughs> I had fun. It was you know stressful, whatever. Let's get into an origin story. So, were you born and raised here in the Bay? In Livermore, yeah. Right Yay. on. One of the few. Everyone else is a transplant. Yeah, I didn't get too far from home. I got to uh, Pleasanton many years ago. I, yeah. I like it. I mean, I. I'd, it's a, for if I have to be in the Bay Area, I think Pleasant is where I'd want to be. Yeah, um, if it's I have gorgeous. if I have to leave here, I mean, if I could, I mean, I look for jobs up in, even in Seattle just for a, a change. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's not any cheaper really up there, yeah. but um, there's a lot more opportunity for you want to get a condo or something. Sure. Mm-hmm. How did you get involved in acting? I mean, uh, where did did you act when you were a kid? One show, I was probably nine years old, and okay. uh, it was at a church. My mom was part of it. I don't know if she was uh, the director, or music director, or something. She was part of it. So, mm-hmm. me and this other little girl got the, the leads. Yeah. I don't know if it had anything to do with their parents being part of the board, the, okay. the crew, but yeah. whatever, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a good experience. Like the first time of just having you know songs and uh, a lot of lines. No, yeah. what was it? Called the Music Machine. Huh. Sort so of you had to do sing. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have any training. I think uh, mm-hmm. I, I, there's no recording of it that I know of, so I can never tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have any siblings? Uh, yeah, three. Um, and uh, t- my brother uh, got into acting. Uh, well, he'd always kind of done the, the shows, too, the theater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was doing a lot of extra work years ago, and I kind of one day got him him a gig mm-hmm. I, I called the place that was because yeah, they were playing policeman and he was a former police officer mm-hmm. so i said do you want another extra as a policeman a, a real you know legit one and they mm-hmm. said yeah bring him along so he kind of got the bug and oh, he's been doing extra work ever since he got oh, my nice. dad into it he's been doing extra work for years mm-hmm. oh wow your whole family acts yeah and my brother got his uh, equity so he's uh, able to do okay. of, well do more and do less in some yeah. ways right yeah. is he in la i uh, know he's up here okay yeah very nice. So, yeah, I did uh, – I took a break. I didn't really do anything until high school, and then I took the acting classes in high mm. school, mainly mm-hmm. just to meet girls. That's right. <laughs> I'm be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. well, and also to be creative and to get to a sense of, like, play. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't really – you yeah. know, you get past a certain age, you know, the, cr- the, the playground's gone, recess right. is gone. Yeah. And the only opportunity you really get to just have fun and act young or mm. old, whatever the character is, sure, sure. was drama class. So I took it all through high school. I didn't do one show in high school. Really? But when I got 
got to college. So you took the classes. I just took the classes. Wow. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't do the shows. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've even auditioned for one. Yeah, but uh, you did scene work and that sort of stuff. It sounds like yeah, you learned yeah. the basics. The, the classes that were it was taught everything. I just didn't have a, a place to use it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in college, I just did one show. I, it dragged out my my Where'd junior college days. Uh, Where'd you go? Las Positas. Okay. Yeah. Yay. Wait a minute. So before the new campus. Uh, Which it isn't La- new anymore. Yeah, it was Las Vegas, Livermore. Yeah, I don't know if I ever went to the Hayward one at all. No, no, no. I mean the one in Livermore. I remember when that that campus, the one that they have now, was built. You went back then. That must have been early. Uh, no, it was always Las. Well, I guess when it was first done, it was Hayward Extension, and then eventually became oh. uh, Las Vegas in its own name, and mm-hmm. it still is today. No, I know. It's. I just. I just remember when the campus was built, and I've been watching over the years as it's, it's gotten it's nicer grown, and yeah. nicer. A nice theater now. Really, I've done yeah. a few shows. So over the years, oh. I've done a lot of a lot of shows with them. I think mm-hmm. twelve so far, and now not so many now. I think the the director now out there really wants to use the students more, which sure. is it's yeah. kind of. Ideal that the actual students the sure. ones doing the roles and yeah. learning, mm-hmm. yeah, because you know, that's what it, I mean. It's it's an odd thing. The community college is for for the community, yeah. so for adults as well as the the students. Mm-hmm. But I think for something like that, I think they kind of want to steer it. Let's try and cast with mainly our students here. Mm-hmm. Cool. What type of um? Uh, this is a question I love to ask. Um, did you learn any methods, um, whether you were in high school or college or whatever, like um? I think you're exposed to all, like just a lot of them, and new ones come along all the time. Sure. Uh, I think for me, what resonated, it it depends. When I was doing one of my first shows was The Crucible, Mm -hmm. and the John Proctor, he was the most method guy ever seen in my life still today. Uh When he got off stage, he would stay in that character. From beginning to end, he'd be in that character, and he would go and curl up in a ball in the corner and just Hmm. be like sobbing if it was a sad time of his life, Uh quote, unquote. And, uh, And I was just interesting watching him the whole time, so he didn't associate with anyone. He just... He remained in his character, and I think mm-hmm. it showed in his performance. He mm-hmm. was the most um, emphatic when it came to the ending, and he was sobbing, and yeah. I just think it really came it out. It must have been hard for the woman playing his wife. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, cow. yeah, yeah. Yeah, the other actors, <laughs> yeah. I think, were a little bit, I don't know about this guy. I think it kind of, like, <laughs> threw them a little. Um, yeah. But it was, to me, it was like, wow, I just always admired that performance. Yeah. And I always thought, for some of my roles, if I could, mm-hmm. I would just try and spend a lot of time off stage, you know, e- or doing improv, telling the other person, "Look, can we improv these scenes? Let's let's take the scenes like it'd be fiddle on the roof, and between this time and this time in their lives, let's let's like <coughs> invent what happened to them." And mm-hmm. it, it was fun. Again, it was like getting to play and, and yeah. to be someone else to a larger degree. I think theater offers that more than um, film because there's not that start and stop. Sure, like get close sure. to the same line. It's like that break. You yeah. can actually um, kind of dive in deeper. Hopefully, mm-hmm. not too deep where you can't come back. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever do anything outside of the Bay Area? Like, did you travel or did uh, you do yeah, any, yeah, one in London, one show in London. Cool. It was at the University of London. I was studying over there as a student. Uh, it was 2002, I guess. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, we had gone. One of the t- field trips was to the Shakespeare, the Globe. Mm-hmm. And um, uh-huh. they wanted volunteers yeah. like to kind of a- act some of these small scenes. So mm-hmm. I said, hey, yeah, I'd like to do it. And yeah. And uh, I kind of went down there, and so it was kind of a fun few moments, making some comedy out of it. And then, so some of the other people in like a class, I thought, oh, well, this guy likes to act. Mm-hmm. So the next day, some people I kind of met brought me a flyer, say, look, auditions for mm-hmm. uh, like the University of London, the Harold Pinter's The Hot House, mm-hmm. and I'd never heard of it, uh-huh. but. Uh, I said, okay, let's all – and everybody else was saying, let's all show up. Let's all show up. So, like, eight people agreed to show up, and the mm-hmm. next day, it's like two of us were there. Like, where's the other <laughs> six? 
And it was one other young lady and me, and mm-hmm. um, I was the only American, and the rest were all Brits. And mm. uh, wow. But they, they cast me, so I got to be part of a uh, wow. University of London uh, play. Very, And they have such a different style, I've learned. Right. I think I'd, every show I'd ever done, it was always like, you know, faster, 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 faster. Yeah. Um, at least picking up oh, the – Oh, pace, pace, yeah. pace, yeah. Pacing was just huge, and just the speed of the show. So right. I, I became a very fast-paced type person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was saying in London – it's in London, I just felt like the director was always saying, "Just slow down, take your time with it, enjoying it." You know, mm-hmm. just, and it wasn't like d- the same speed, and it was just—it was almost impossible for me to really take mm-hmm. my time because this guy had the character has like a you know, five-minute monologue. Mm-hmm. Very, you know, he's just talking. One lady's just listening for five minutes. And he's kind of a, oh. a little bit crazy. He's mm-hmm. sort of just yeah. um, in his own. He's in his own world. Yeah, he truly is in his own world, and yeah. he works at the. It's at a mental institution, and mm-hmm. it's more focusing instead of like you know cuckoo's nest, the inmates, the staff, yeah. and how weird the staff yeah. is. Oh. Pinter is very much like that, and especially the pauses. I've always heard that there was one director I used to work with, and he enjoyed. I guess there are these pauses. There was a play called Mountain Language that um, mm-hmm. Pinter had worked on, right. had written, and I guess there are some beats within the pauses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, taking your time right. is, has always been influential. I was going to ask you, Norman, because uh, I, I know you've been overseas, but have you noticed a difference between how Americans dre- address, I guess, acting or as far as directing? Like, it's always, it is about pace. I, no, no. I, my experience is anything I did overseas was within an American community. Got it, yeah. So, no, I didn't get But to even see as that. a viewer, I mean, uh, have you seen – because I do notice that directors here is like, hey – We've got a two-minute play, and, you know, the scene is running low, and, you know, we got to just... The only time I had somebody really clip it was um, I did, uh, it was a theater works, uh, uh, Time of Your Life, which is an amazing, wonderful comedy, George mm-hmm. Kaufman, yeah. Moss Hart um, comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, he really made us, I mean, it was, it was rhythmic. Yeah, and he wanted it that way, and that's the way it went. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, in terms of seeing somebody else's style from another culture, uh, the guy Clive, who uh, started um, Schaefer, who started uh, Theater First, um, is British, mm-hmm. and I would go see their productions for years. I saw their productions. So when they finally, the company grew enough that it was doing seasons, and he mm-hmm. put out a season brochure, and it proudly announced like their mission was to do international to find plays from outside America and do that and so in their season brochure when they finally created one it bragged about the fact that they did this and I thought you're crazy I've seen like easily half a dozen of these plays they're all British what are you talking about so I look at the list and sure enough they're all like you know it's a play set in Moscow but it's written by a Brit or it's translated by a Brit all of these plays they were South America they were all from all over the place South mm-hmm. Africa mm-hmm. But they were all translated through the lens of British, and I could see him stylistically. I could see the way he approached plays, and I was like, that's so funny. I think it's even ironic that you are claiming (laughs) to be doing this thing that sounds like we're getting to see the whole world, and really what we're seeing is the whole world through the lens of Mm -hmm. Britain. I think for me, I've I've definitely seen – I think it started in 2002 because we we were exposed to a lot of theater there. We had to go every week and see a show, Mm -hmm. and I've gone back every, every few years. I go back. And yeah, the the pacing is just so different. It's the the first time I saw it was in two thousand two, Lieutenant of Inishmore. They do, they mm. seem to do it here a lot now. Mm-hmm. Right. But they spend the first two minutes playing with a dead cat with no dialogue. 
just mm-hmm. like this. And it's like physical comedy with this cat's body and kind of morbid. Mm-hmm. But I realized they're not talking. They spend two minutes before mm-hmm. the first words even said. There's this one called Art. We, we oh, do, right. we do yeah. it here sometimes. And there's a lot of like silence. And I realize there's a lot of acting without words. Yeah. Much more than you see. Here it's like if you're not talking, the show is stopped. And I think right. it's there. It's just kind of weird that it, it does um, change so, so much. Um, but sometimes it goes the dis- it goes too far. There's this one called Vincent and Brixton, uh, mm-hmm. um, and um, yeah. it just has them in rocking chairs for like minutes, and it's just like you're not doing anything. A- and that's went to an extreme. That was where it, it led to boredom, because other yeah. ones did lead to boredom. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's the truest test. If, if I'm bored and watching it, mm-hmm. then it's not working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because I bring that up because when I when I see either see a theater piece or if I'm in a theater piece. There's always this discussion about the the uh, either the pacing or the um, what am I trying to say the language I guess the the rhythm of the language right like uh, I think about Glenn Gary Glenn Ross uh, right. the bop, 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 uh, yeah bop. where you know the rhythm has to be is there. that Sorkin Aaron Sorkin no it's uh, um, uh, Mamet oh, okay yeah David Mamet but it's a, it's a Spitfire yeah. gun oh hell yeah yeah, yeah oh yeah yeah. 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 Well, it's just right words, it words. is it is Sorkin but don't you find that if you have Sorkin what I observe it's like it's truly not realistic because people are starting a sentence before you even. So how can you process what someone has said if you have not? I mean, if you just. I mean, we don't do that. It's the stage. It has to be a little bit unreal. Right. But exactly. Real. But, yeah. But, but the audience is getting a rhythm. Yeah. But you know, uh, doing it that way. I mean, doing it the other way, like um, Pinter, like um, Off Broadway West did uh, the birthday party, mm-hmm. which is also a Pinter piece, and it deals with a lot of. Um, there's basically an individual from England who. I guess is a fugitive from justice, and he goes to this uh, bed and breakfast, and he stays with this couple, and there's a, re- a sordid relationship with the couple. I think the woman who is a married has an attraction to the stranger. Right. Yeah. Plus, the cops come in, and they're all there's all this innuendo, there's all these subtleties, and there are things that are not spoken, right. but the beats are still there, and you can't rush the language because right. there are all sorts of little things going on. And it takes a subtlety. I mean, it takes a director to really, hey, let's mm-hmm. get into the stuff. And you takes, you know, let's take our time and let's just focus on this scene. Let's say there's no right. talking in the scene. Right. And I think that's important. And we miss that a lot with a lot of the more Americanized. But I think I think you're right that it's American audiences don't go for that as much. You know, yeah. they, Pinter is appreciated among theater aficionados. Mm-hmm. Pinter's not like a household name. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. it's whereas I, Aaron Sorkin is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd never heard of Pinter before, but I, I love the the play. It was so just odd and just mm-hmm. unique in its style. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, I mean, if you watch the television there, it tends to be pretty fast. But it's a fast paced society, short right. a, short attention span society, just like sure. we are here. Sure, but it's just weird how someone could be that influenced by that and then go into a theater and you know the lights come go down and all of a sudden you're okay with things being slow mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and it is the acting at that point. It's the can the actor sustain yeah. that moment in a way that keeps the audience engaged. Yeah, yeah. acting without words, I guess. I, I do wonder how influenced we are as theater goers by television, where if we w- expect to see yeah. a sort of television-like experience in theater, oh, and I'm how sure jarred we, we are. Yeah, and that's I think going to change so much. I mean, we've had television for a while now, sure. and, so I, and obviously, generations. Yeah. It hasn't killed theater, and, and right. the movies haven't killed theater, and the radio didn't kill theater. Right. So, right. so exactly. theater survived through everything, 
But the show selections, I see. Mm-hmm. And when I was younger, I thought, oh, only classics. Let's keep doing these right. Oklahoma. Sure. Kind of get your gun, yeah. Yeah, and then I was like more of like conservative, like just just keep these nice, simple family shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I thought, are are newer generations going to want to go see Sound and Music when you're 20 year old? You know, 20 years becomes a 40 year old, a 60 year old. Mm-hmm. Are they going to keep going? So can we survive on showing the old classics? So I, right. I say a lot of theaters will do, oh, let's do two classics, two new ones, because right. the new ones don't sell the tickets the same way. Right. Yeah. But then you do got new shows that that become uh, pop culture that actually break through sure. theater. You got yeah. Hamilton's one of the first ones that, I mean, I think <coughs> really has gone to the extreme where everybody every kid, knows every about it. Every high school kid sure. knows the songs. Yeah. Whether you're in theater or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that before, it's like yeah. if you weren't in theater, you would not have heard of half these shows unless right. yeah. they were the ones you grew up to on TV. And I wonder right, if the Heidi Chronicles. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> that, I wonder. I, I mean, I've seen that actually, yeah. but it, and it's it's very popular among a certain theater crowd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, no. And I wonder if that began with uh, I think Andrew Lloyd Webber or or maybe even. Um, I think so. Phantom definitely, I guess, crossed yeah. over. Now everyone, mm-hmm. or maybe True. even Sondheim. I mean, in the '60s, you know, with uh, West Side Story. Yeah, but he hates West Side Story. <laughs> no, Sondheim yeah. hates yeah. it, apparently. Yeah. yeah. It's like, dude, that is, it's mm-hmm. so amazing because it did reach out to to America. I mean, yeah. America loves that story. Yeah. And at the time, it was a younger and it dealt with the youth and what they're dealing mm-hmm. with. And it was a sort of reinterpretation of Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you had Andrew Lloyd Webber and the Phantom and all of this sort of stuff. And, um, which was very against, you know, the grain. And now Hamilton, you know, that may be the new. And I can even bring up Rent. Rent. I, yeah. As soon as you said Hamilton again, I, I thought. I think Rent, Rent would be harder to, to uh, it, it, it hasn't expanded quite as much into. Mm-mm. Oh, right. Oh, Hamilton's had a much bigger general. influence. Right. Yeah. 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 Now, um, because you and I, you know, we, we were involved in a musical, but what is what type of theater do you enjoy doing? I think a good acting role most of the time just because you don't have to. Break out. I mean, and there's been parodies of all of these musicals. How sure. each Saturday Night Live did one on, on West Side Story. It's like, why are you, wait, why are you guys breaking out in song? What's this singing? And they, <laughs> they did it a few times. Yeah, yeah. And it's a funny little sketch, yeah, but yeah, it addresses yeah. kind of a true thing. Wait, what are you guys doing? Why are you singing? Sure. Um, but for me, yeah, when I did, I did Jekyll and Hyde, and it was just so mm-hmm. great to like just be able to stay inside a character and not. I, I like the singing and dancing. My next thing I'm doing is singing and dancing. Mm-hmm. But it is nice to just be in that that character, and you have more time. You have more time and mm-hmm. more lines to, yeah. to show you know what you're feeling and doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, and people say, no, you can do that in song, and you can. I, I, I definitely agree that you can tell a story just as well in a song. But mm-hmm. for me, I think for me, I just like doing it more in a. Uh, mm-hmm. In lines and dialogue, yeah. Um, so that I do enjoy that a little more. But my favorite, my favorite musical part is still going to be "Crazy for You." That that has like you know, oh. Bobby Child. That was such a fun. But that was constantly dancing and singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had the most enjoy. Or "Beauty and the Beast." That was like some of the favorite roles. Were you the Beast? I was actually guest on. I was a little bigger back then, and uh-huh. Belle was small. It worked out really, and the audience looked yeah. up it, for yeah. a lot of things. I could totally uh-huh. see that. Wow, that that's I, I'd spent a one. lot of time in the gym. I, I had a, actually a personal trainer just for like upper body strength. So mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time, and I think it worked. It, 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 people said they're going to give me a muscle suit. And, no, I think you'll be okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Yay. Yeah, and well, uh, you've always been in good shape. I mean, you know, from the time that I've met you, yeah. But sometimes I drop a lot of weight um, just mm-hmm. from obsessions of. Yeah, staying young, whatever. Um, I drop a lot of weight, so it takes a while to get it back. And yeah, um, yeah, those. But yeah, for acting, I think uh, Jacqueline Hyde was just that was 
yeah, I think plays, if it's written well, if it's just a good sure. role. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it helps. I mean, I like to – I had an ex, and she always said, all you do now, you won't take anything ensemble. And I said, that's not true. I actually will if it's, like, a good – it's just mm-hmm. you get to a point where you don't enjoy it as much unless you actually have a lot to contribute. It's yeah. not a way of saying I won't take ensemble. No, it's a way of saying I enjoy – this this, for me, it really is my hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a day job. So for me, when I volunteer, and it's mostly volunteer for mm-hmm. community theater. So if I'm yeah. going to do it, I want to be able to contribute and have stuff to do and yeah. be able to help out. But I've always, I've always said, especially for myself, if you've been acting for a long time, I think you have every right to say, listen, you know, I think I'm worth, you know, doing a lead role or a role that I want to do. So I've seen it on the forums all the time. It's like, well, you know, can, will you accept an ensemble role or whatever? Will you accept any role? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and sometimes I still say I just want to have fun. I think you guys would be fun to play with. I'm mm-hmm. going to have fun, and I'll do it. And other ones, I said, nah, just for me, I wouldn't have any fun. I mean, I yeah. we did 110, and I really put down your role, uh, mm-hmm. and I put down Jimmy too, and I put down File too. So yeah, it was like those three. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of thinking, and you always think at the back of your mind, does it weaken your chances? It weaken if you put ensemble. I tell people, if you put ensemble, you really want to be in it. Um, if you really want to be the lead, don't put ensemble because the director can look at it and say. You're both equally good, but this mm-hmm. person takes ensemble. This person won't. I'm going to cast you as ensemble just because I want you in the show, and I want what you have to offer, mm-hmm. and I want the other person. So you get the be- the director gets the best of both worlds. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I've always uh, – and it's funny you mentioned 110. I thought you were going to be Starbuck because, you know, you because yeah, I had seen your – because the way that they do the – and I've talked with Norman about this, the auditions. Everyone sees everyone's audition. I like that. Very, I like that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't mind that at all. I think I was um, lucky because oh, uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I did that. I did Rainmaker when I was in high school, and I remembered the monologue that they gave me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it's one of it's one of those monologues where there's some monologues I learn and I forget, right. just out of my system. Right. And, but then there's some where it just stays with you forever, and you mm-hmm. never forget it. And I was like, How do you know I'm a liar? How do you know I'm a fake? I know this thing, and so I just went on and did it. But uh, no, we had we had a, a wonderful time. How what is the trend? How has it been? Because now you're in the business um, version of 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 uh, theater. Has it was has there been a big transition between I guess just acting and now producing? Um, I, I think. Uh since I'm still able to do the same, because I was with the company so long, did the website with the company so long, I kind of worked with the owner a lot. So I mm-hmm. kind of knew a lot of the behind the scenes of what, what happened. Um, there's sort of like a, that, I don't know, it, there's times I wanted to give it up. I thought, this isn't, I don't mm-hmm. like having to find actors to cast the shows to, to do things like that. Because yeah. this is stuff that's not enjoyable, really. Well, sure, it's enjoyable. Right. You know, being on stage and getting a laugh and stuff. So mm-hmm. at the business end, yeah. there's been a couple of times where I just kind of said, somebody else take it over, yeah. and I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Um, but then when it picks up and the holiday season comes and you're, you know, uh, booking a lot of gigs, yeah. right. and then, uh, then it's nice. Then it's so much. But mm-hmm. it's sometimes difficult, and we were all we all can be difficult people, but we were doing the last one. Uh, I had written the show, too. It was a, mm-hmm. a brand-new one we were doing for the casino, and um, – I was telling an actor, he was having some trouble with the, with the lines. I said, no, no, it's, it's this way. Because the guy wants, uh, you know, he, he came in here and he's, he's like, are you sure. giving me a line reading? And I'm like, no, I'm not telling you. I'm just telling you how I wrote. If they, and then like, uh, later I thought about that. Yeah, I'm giving you a line. I'm the director, exactly. the writer, yeah. the producer, and <laughs> stage manager, and paying your paycheck. Yeah. 
I think I can give you a line read because it's my show. It's like I, yeah. I, I didn't think about the time. I don't, I don't yeah. like conflict, but, it's like, but of course, yeah. I'm like, I think I've earned that right in this sure. situation. He's been acting a long time, so I respect. Yeah. He always right. brings a unique thing, and I respect his style. But it's like in yeah. this case, yeah, I'm giving you a line read. Yeah. It's my would, show. This would come up sometimes when we were rehearsing for men, where Reg would say after rehearsal, Reg would say, "Well." Because, you know, I think they're missing the beats. If you talked about the beats, and I'm like, dude, this is not an acting class. <laughs> if I were an actor and a director said something about – if you said you're missing your beats and left it at that, that'd be fine. If he started to try and break it down to me like he was giving me a lesson or giving another actor a lesson, I'd be like, okay, I am going to do everything I can to avoid letting you do this to me, which means I'm going to close down as an actor – I'm going to go into defensive mode because you hired me. Now, if I'm getting it wrong, I'm getting it wrong, and you have to find some language to get me there. So line readings are perfectly fine. I'm never going to say it's a line reading. I'm going to give you what you did, the justification for why it isn't what you're doing. What you're doing is taking us in this direction. Don't do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, no, you're absolutely right, and that's why we would have our conversations away from the actors mm -hmm. to avoid all of that. Um, yeah, because – of course, if when you write something, you know, you have a personal vetted interest and you know where the beats are because you've written it, you wrote yeah. them in. Yeah. Sometimes they won't get it. Maybe they'll get it later on as it, right. as it absorbs within them. You may not have all that time. You know, right. if you have, you've got a couple of months to, for them to get it, that's fine. But, you know, if they're still not getting it, it's almost time. Maybe you need to cheat a little. Yeah. And, and also, was, go ahead. We had, uh, we had four rehearsals somewhere by some people had to come in via Skype. And one time we had like Facebook Messenger, oh, Skype, and yeah. a Skype, and it was just crazy. But yeah. people oh. live in different – he lives in L.A. Another sure. actress lives in Sacramento. And I'm sure you have actors who have other jobs. They yeah. just can't work. Yeah, so – yeah. When we showed showed up at the casino two weeks ago, we had a like a, a run through before the show and yeah. to get the sound down with like on mics and stuff. Yeah, and it was just a mess, and nobody like remember their lines, and four oh, people no. had to hold their scripts. And I'm thinking, and I didn't really freak out. I thought, okay, I was just more of like resigned. Uh, if this right. is our last show here, if they never hire us again, <laughs> if it's a train wreck and people right. are yeah. stop. So be it. Well, at least we mm -hmm. had a good run. Yeah. And so there wasn't much I can do. I talked to one guy. I said, do you want to, like, use a headphone, earpiece, Bluetooth? I'll read it. Like, he's like, I got it. Don't worry. Like, mm -hmm. calm down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sure enough, it opened, and it was it was great. It, yeah. was like, it was like one of those things, why do you think it will be different this time? Because it is a new show, and you wonder, and you yeah. worry. Right. But when you're working with, like, professionals who have done it for, like, ten years or more, mm -hmm. they showed up prepared, and they did great both nights, and I was, like, worried for nothing. Exactly, and when you have actors who are really prepared and you, they're accomplished, then you don't have anything to worry about. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's no, awesome. It's, it's funny running because mm -hmm. you, there are nights when I lose sleep, and then there are nights when I go to sleep, no problem. And some of those nights are the nights when the actors have had the worst experience, and it was a train wreck. But I can see how it got off the rails. Stuff that I know is solid suddenly went somewhere else, and I'm like, okay. They're going to go home terrified. They're going to pull it together. If they don't pull it together, we've got this much more time to make sure things – and these are the strategies we can come up with if yeah. I have to do whatever. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and I can sleep well on those nights. It's the nights where I'm like, we – this person is acting like they need two more weeks to get this, and we've got four days. Oh, and that was and sometimes a, you have to roll with it. You have to roll with it. Go that ahead. That was a script I wrote years ago, over ten years ago. I think it was called Casts or something, and it was about 
sort of the office at a theater group. Mm-hmm. And then um, the first episode was where, yeah, some guy shows up like like opening night thinking mm-hmm. he had another week to go because he like <laughs> didn't read the post or something. Yeah. And uh, so he doesn't know any of his lines. Yeah. Uh, and um, <laughs> so they decide, okay, get him a Bluetooth, have a conversation, and someone will be behind stage. Mm-hmm. Um, with a, Oh, and then a, a girl hurts herself, so she also is out of the show because she mm-hmm. was like during dance model, she tripped or something. So mm-hmm. there's two new people on stage, or practically new, and two people behind the stage, and they're both on their phones giving yeah. them lines, yeah. but then it's mm-hmm. that typical comedy. But this comedy. is part of the scene, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this is part of the uh, – yeah. it was t- going to be a TV, sure. TV episode yeah, uh-huh. uh, so, or a YouTube, I guess now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people backstage, they've had relationships. They start fighting, and all of a sudden the lines start mm-hmm. getting made wrong. So it was all oh, that that type of like falling apart. Yeah. I always wanted to get it done, but uh, you know, you got to find a theater to – Right. Like uh, to mm-hmm. film it out, you don't even have to produce it there. Mm-hmm. Sure, uh, there's a lot to get done, but I like, got the script one day. Yeah, mm-hmm. has it been fun writing? I mean, because that's that's yet another aspect. You know, you have the administrative part. You know, you, you're also an actor, and now a creative. I mean, do you enjoy writing? Yeah, the first writing was, I guess, 2005 is when we did Murder in Space, and that was the the mm-hmm. first one I had written. I liked it. I kind of I spent a lot of time just watching shows and stuff like that, and just yeah. trying to think. Okay, why is this scene funny? Like breaking down, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. a comedy and, yeah. and analyzing it. I thought, why is this? Why do they laugh? What type of humor is that? Um, sort of like you know, instead of studying th- piano theory, instead of those people that just play by ear, just go with right, what. Right. Was, so I was kind of trying this method. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it worked. It was very campy humor, very uh, just kind of. Uh, goofy, mm-hmm. and it was that type of show. Yeah, uh, I thought we got a gr- good response, and then, and overall, I think we did. But it's like it doesn't matter. Ninety-nine people love your show. That one person that hates it is the one you sticks in your <laughs> brain. That, of course, ah. of course. Um, and then, sure enough, when I took over the company, the director gave me all the files and all the emails and all the letters. Mm-hmm. And there was this one letter saying that show is terrible. That guy who wrote it can't write, can't act. And I'm like, why would you give me this? Well, I, did, I think, why didn't this director throw away that? I didn't need to see that. Yeah. But it, it kind of keeps keeps it real, keeps you yeah. honest. Well, and if it's only one, then, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I thought, you know, because yeah. I think. Oh, the try pe- being married to them. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And it was, it was good. It's good to balance it out because yeah. in my mind, I thought oh, everyone loves it. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, realistically, not everyone. Some people come to dinner theater not knowing what to expect. And mm-hmm. um, they might have hated every show, any show we had produced. Mm-hmm. So um, that was the first one. And the second one we did in two years later, I think it was Murder at the Kale Corral. That was more serious and a little bit darker, kind of balancing. Um, mm-hmm. It was more just a. Yeah, it was more dramatic. Yeah. Um, and then the third one was uh, very Victorian murder, so a little balance between the two, and that was mm-hmm. the first one to kind of really um, sort of have a typical murder mystery uh, mm. style to it. Mm-hmm. Um, then the fourth one was the one we just did, uh, the pi- pirate mystery, yeah. which we had uh, – we did that one more, more ensemble. I had people come to writers' meetings and give ideas, and yeah. in the end I would kind of pick what I thought worked best, write mm-hmm. out the scenes, and then give it back because yeah. they were the same people that were going to be acting in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I had taken a – I had looked at a lot of scripts. I didn't want to write a new one. Mm-hmm. My schedule was busy. So I had taken a script from uh, someone back east. She had mm-hmm. written – she writes and performs a lot of murder mysteries. Mm-hmm. And we've used a couple of hers before. I had, I had written it or read it. I gave it to the other actors, and they mm-hmm. kind of decided, well, we've already done this kind of stuff before. This doesn't really work. All these love triangles don't really work for us. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's, like, start over. So we brainstorm ideas. And at the end, I had a script with her name and sort of the basic premise, yeah. and everything inside was – rewritten mm-hmm. so which 
not a problem until it comes to, well, who gets royalties? It's still kind of her script. Yeah. She originated this idea, mm-hmm. and the basic idea of a pirate coming to kidnap the mayor, is that was like the foundation of it kind of. Mm-hmm. And so it's like I just had to write her. I didn't want to steal anything. I wrote her and say, okay, here's the here, – here, you read it. How about a buyout? I give you this much money. for the, We'll use it, and then thence, you know, mm-hmm. henceforth, nothing – and she was okay. She said, just get my title, my name is based on a play by. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, that that, that, that's fine. So that it, it worked. worked. Mm-hmm. But I always think, well, if I just change the title, mm-hmm. I could do. But I'd have to also change the whole premise of why the pirates are there. Right. Yeah. So It's an interesting skill set. You have to not only deal with the actors, but you also have to deal administratively with different personalities. Uh, like, yeah. you know, like, um, of course, tech and people, and of course the venues, because you're doing it in different venues as well. And that affects a lot of what we do. It's like we do, the shows are kind of, I'd say, pretty vanilla as far as they don't really go one direction politically. Yeah. But some of the actors, I'd like to get in topical stuff. So they'll make jokes about Kavanaugh drinking and stuff. And right. I just try and think, all right, who's our audience? Who's right. paying right. us the money? Like, you don't yeah. want to bite the hand. Of course. And so we got up to, you know, if we get up to a conservative area, it's like, well, let's not go with certain jokes or take them out or mm-hmm. go down to a, a, mm-hmm. a very uh, liberal mm-hmm. area. Let's yeah. You can add these jokes. So we just try and make sure yeah. be sensitive. I mean, this we're not there to make a political point. Right. Yeah. There to entertain. People mm-hmm. want to get away from politics once in a while and actually sure. go to a place where they can just. I remember Jimmy uh, Fallon, and he was getting in so much trouble. It's like you're not doing any political stuff. You're not, you know, making jokes at the presidency, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I kind of thought that some people might want to just take a break from politics right. altogether mm-hmm. and not see uh, a late night, you know, comedian yeah. right. do politics. And I thought that's kind of a breath of fresh air. So if you want, if you want this, you go there. You want that, you go there. If you want right. none mm-hmm. of it, you go there. Yeah. No, that totally uh, makes sense. Um, yeah. Colbert thought that he was going to shift what he was doing when he took over The Tonight Show. His audience, who followed him, yeah. wanted that. They wanted the old guy, and eventually he realized everything else I'm trying to do is it's too vanilla. It's not where my strengths are. Yeah. And if you are familiar with his career, and I wasn't paying attention, but at one point I was dating a woman who had Comedy Central, you get to see all these old movies. I didn't know he was in so many movies and shows. And I'm like, okay, dude, you were always at best a second banana, and you were weak. Then you got your own shtick. Yeah. And that's what elevated you. You cannot run The Tonight Show as a second banana. So he's had to go back there. I would I'd love hearing that Fallon has said, I'm not going to go there because that's never been his thing. Why, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that Why field th- and that? that field is very crowded anyway. I it mean, is. everyone's doing it. Yeah. One quick question, because we're running into the hour mark. How has the Bay Area treated you as an actor? I mean, there mm. are a lot of actors who are like, "Hey, I got to go to L.A. or I got to New York or whatever." But has the Bay Area community? Because we've always focused on community and you know just the environment. I mean, everyone knows everyone. I just realized that you know. Um, let me see. Yeah, Mimi, Mimi Totten. Yeah. 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 And we probably know a lot more people, too, they don't realize. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think uh, for me, because I – a lot of actors don't like to use the word hobby because they think it undermines their professional mm-hmm, sure. goals, which to me it's semantics, okay? You right. don't want to use it. But, I mean, I, I advise you know, people. It's like uh, economically right. a theater degree is not a, a solid choice. I mean economically. Right, right. right. Yeah. Following your desires, I and mean, if you're not going to be happy doing anything else, then yeah. So for me, I didn't go that route. I have to have the day job. Sure. I think there's a lot of opportunity for volunteer theater 
Um, and if we expect these theaters, if we go and say, I'm not going to do it without a paycheck, the theaters, they can't. They close. Even theaters that don't pay off and have to close, it's just the rents have gone up. There's a lot of reasons why theater mm-hmm. gets too expensive here. So for sure. me, I've enjoyed the opportunities on stage. And, uh, yeah, I don't really go to San Francisco because of the distance. Uh, well, that's – yeah, that would be the, the – the, the nuance I would add to that question is because I know like Lisa Tormovich is out there with Livermore Shakes yeah, yeah. and has been I, – I was involved from the beginning of that organization. She very much had a vision of this is for the people who don't want to drive 40-plus yeah, yeah. miles into the city to, to come enjoy a show. These are, this is for the people who want to appreciate all that. But, yeah. and, and there's a talent pool. There's definitely, and I would hope you'd speak to that some. There is a talent pool out there of people who are like, hey, I don't have to make the stupid commute. I don't have yeah. to go an hour and a half away just to do the thing I love. Yeah. Uh, it is a double-edged sword because, like, we uh, some of these places, you've got some ec- phenomenal people, mm-hmm. but they're the ones actually always getting that role you want. Uh-huh. So it becomes uh, frustrating after a while. It's like I, I don't want to bother the audition because I know it's going to go to the best actor which that person – and because that person gets a lot of roles, gets a lot of experience, and the snowballs, mm-hmm. and they, be, they become – because they are good. They are mm-hmm. – so it, it is tough. I mean it was like even in high school I didn't do it, but I could see like a lot of people are upset because it would always be the same right. people getting cast through junior – you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. And that other person, the other people, they couldn't get any experience during high school mm-hmm. because the, the opportunity was missing. Right. Um, yeah. And, and so then the same thing, I think, with some colleges, you got the few people that are really good. Sure. Um, there's just not enough work to go around. And that's yeah. why it, that's what makes it, it frustrating. I've just I've worked with uh, probably over a thousand people. And the amount of people that I think that can do it full time now, mm-hmm. um, I think James Ingle Monroe, yeah. Inc, he's Angle like the Hart? only person yeah. that I doing think. Hamilton. Yeah, uh, oh, you got to work with him. No, nah, he was like always in a different show, and I thought oh, the one okay. time I thought I could have been in that yeah. show, it would have been fun, but it wouldn't have really changed my path at all. It would just mm-hmm. be kind of fun, like yeah. hey, I got to work with that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's the only one I really know that's yeah. truly. I, I, I rubbed shoulders with him once. Yeah, <laughs> he directed uh, Bat Boy. Oh. And I was a stage manager, and, and I was watching that show Maniac last night, and I was like, "I know that guy. That that's it just he has that look." And I thought, yeah. I, right. I thought that's kind of cool that he's actually been able to get some TV and because I think a lot of actors they mm-hmm. love Broadway, and that's their goal as a you know stage actor, Broadway. But I mean, who doesn't want to be on the you know, big I screen? I didn't know how big how well he was doing until he did an appearance, uh, not a recurring role on Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, he comes. Yeah, he, he comes in once in a while. Yes. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh my God, you've gotten to that place in your career where you get to play this kind of a character. Yeah. It's got to be fun to just drop in and do it. And at the same time, if the show is successful, audiences are going to be waiting for you to come back." I'm like, "Oh, dude, perfect role." Yeah, and I you know I see I see him on Kimmy Schmidt. I just wonder, I wonder if he could have played the uh, the Titus role. Because yeah. it seems like he has that uh, mm-hmm. personality and, and talent. I, I don't know. I've only you know, right. know what I've seen, but uh, yeah, yeah. It is. I just look at it. Just a t- I've always made it like it's a good hobby. Um, the mm-hmm. dinner theater could grow. I mean, it could grow to enough right. at least at the holiday season. But mm-hmm. I'm always going to have to have a, a day job and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the day job, if it's the field I enjoy doing, mm-hmm. can uh, provide the economic to do the theater and to you know, mm-hmm. or vacation. Like if I mm-hmm. do two things for fun, it's Going to you know, oh, that's funny. Vacation, yeah. that's way of putting it. And theater, so yeah, th- yeah it allows an opportunity. Yeah, well, I'm hoping out there 
I've been, like I said, I remember when Lisa first, like, started to put roots down, and her big thing was to make community. And I'm like, well, that means really what you're talking about is you have to make opportunities with other organizations so that that actor can stay busy enough to stay happy to stay in your area. <laughs> Otherwise, they're going to go far afield. Yeah. The people yeah. that you depend on. If you know that when you're not doing a show, somebody else, you can just sort of filter them over there. Go do that show. And there's good people that just do it as a hobby. They do I would do yeah. in South Pacific and the one woman playing Bloody Mary. And uh, we were talking about our day jobs or whatever. And I just had – I don't know. For some reason, I thought, I'll bet she's, like, really smart. She just seems like her mm -hmm. day job. And she's, oh, I teach at Stanford or something like that. I thought, that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh -huh. I just kind of had that feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. a lot of these actors – and we did have our equities come in. And they mm -hmm. come in two weeks. And they're the ones that have to travel from L.A. And mm -hmm. they do live it up. Cause and occasionally, the equity actors have day jobs as well. Oh, yeah. most of them do. Yeah. No, I always tell the story. They're – I was working for Berkeley Rep doing outreach program, and I brought a group of high school students to see the, a newer adaptation of Oliver Twist had been done and was now touring the country. And, um, and so it came through Berkeley Rep. And we got to talk to the actors afterwards, and some student asked about jobs, day jobs, other jobs. And the guy playing Fagan said, show of hands, everybody on stage. These are all New York actors. Show of hands, how many people either have another job or a partner who primarily supports them. Every hand up went up on stage. And I'm like, these are New York actors. Yeah. In a tour that actually pays pretty well. And even they are in that position. Yeah. yeah I, they've got this now, but they don't have it. I now. asked a guy. I went to the Globe last year or the year before, and I was seeing uh, Mick. Can I say Macbeth on your show? Sure. Okay. Yes. I'm not superstitious. Yeah. Um, and after the show, I was waiting to see. I like to greet, if I can, greet mm -hmm. the people. Just say, well done. I enjoyed it. Let people Because I like to, if I finish a show, I... I love hearing good, mm -hmm. you know, positive stuff. I don't like negative, but yeah. um, I had waited around, and the one person, I think he played Macduff or something like that. I didn't get to see Macbeth, uh, mm -hmm. but he came off, and I could tell um, he, they wait a long time, it seems like. Mm -hmm. just They might be waiting for the crowds to die down, yeah. mm -hmm. but he came out in, like, shorts and a shirt, and it was like the weather was really cold, London mm -hmm. weather, and I thought, mm -hmm. he must be an actor. He's just yeah. done. And I said, congratulations. You did a great job, and I, I liked his performance, and I what are you doing next? And he said, I don't know yet. Uh, I have no idea. Yeah. And like, to me, that was so scary. Right. I don't want ever want to be like I admire. Yeah. This is like I think one of the highest stages mm. in the world for like Shakespeare actors. Right. It is. And I thought you don't know what we're gonna do next. And he was talented, so hopefully he would get something. But I think yeah. a lot of people once that that six month window closes or whatever the, the yeah. run is. Yeah. Right. They just they, even on Broadway, you're right. not guaranteed another job. For me, I can't handle that. Some people can. Mm. I just I couldn't go through. Sure. Uh, not yeah. knowing where my paycheck was coming from. Me either. It's, Me a, either. Hard, it's yeah. a hard thing. I mean, I'm I'm living on that side, but I model and I teach and mm -hmm. I do all these other yeah. things because that's what I have to do. Yeah, and I've got my day job as well. So, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think there's no you don't lose any creed by you have a day job right. too. It's right. like there's this idea like there's a to, total stigma in the theater about it, but. But it's self-generated, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And culturally generated. Yeah, there you go. So what, what's next happening at the um, the Gibson House Mystery Performance? Because we like to promote, you know, Oh, next doing. one will be, uh, I think, up in Oroville in February, the next public show. Um, that will be a brand-new mystery. It will be something about, like, Kitchen Nightmare Murderers, a sort of a Gordon Ramsay-type cooking okay. show, or, like, <laughs> just a tyrant running nice. amok. Yeah. Or the casino is the one that decides, or it will be a sort of a, a diva Las Vegas Elvis-type, you know, 
impersonation. Cool. <laughs> um, so that one where, like, yeah. Yeah, Pelvis Presley gets killed or something. Or Pelvis someone. Presley, I love Pelvis that. Presley okay. uh, shakes his hips a lot. Uh, uh, they, because they seem to respond well to songs, we're adding a lot more music. And so it's not quite a musical, but mm-hmm. there'll be three or four songs that get sung in it. So in 1960s-ish. Go, mm-hmm. go back in time yeah. at the casino. Uh, and they added a third Ooh. show. We've been doing two shows, a Friday and Saturday night. And they mm-hmm. said, let's do th- – we sell out each one. So it says, let's do three. Yeah. So we said, great, one more yeah. night in a hotel. Do you, do you have a website for – Yep, gibsonhouse.com. Okay. It's uh, G-I-B-S-O-N-house.com. Yeah. We'll have a link. We'll have okay, a link Okay, yeah. And that's where people can find out. Uh, like right now, it's mostly private venues for the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, as the year picks up, we I like to provide – Public ones, too, because that way friends and family can of come course. see it. Right. Uh, the private ones are only for, like, Clorox or Costco or the companies that hire us. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you say you were doing a musical as well? I thought you and At the Three Crosses Church, Forever Christmas oh, right, is yeah, coming yeah, up. That's right. Yeah. Corinne Ritchie is there. Um, is she? she yeah, she, she and her family are with Three well, Crosses. Well, another in the church, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure if she's part of the production, but she's told me that they, they do productions a, a lot at the Three Crosses. She probably right. has over 100 people in it, so yeah. I'll bet. Uh, wow. And Mimi Totten, uh, she'll... She's there. I believe. I think she was uh, Mary Poppins. She uh, was in Mary Poppins. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Ooh, I so saw World. It was a yeah. Great production. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All righty. Um, shout outs. Birthdays. Birthdays. Um, today is. Whoops. Why didn't that come up? Valerie's. Valerie Week's birthday is today. Valerie Week. Right. I on. know. Did we get a thing in for uh, for men? I didn't do it. Did you oh, do it? Oh, no, I, but I will. Okay. This, uh, still have time, right? I, I think it may be past the deadline, but okay. it, that's okay. They can put it in their archives. Uh, she put together a thing called uh, Counting Actors, and it was a gender thing just to show what the gender parity is in Bay Area theater. Mm-hmm. So any show that you've got, you can it's self-reporting as an audience member even. You can report, and they count who are the actors, directors, playwright. Uh, I'm not sure if they count stage manager. I don't think they count tech. Hmm. But just what is the gender breakdown? And they started doing uh, equity, non-equity. Because again, a lot of smaller companies that will do equity, somehow those contracts tend to go more towards the men, the male roles, oh, the female okay. roles. So it's just to bring awareness around that. And what's yeah. great is she doesn't do analysis of it, but it generates a lot of discussion. So I don't think we did. Anyway, her birthday today? Um, oh, shoot. There's a birthday party I'm supposed to go to for a friend tonight. James Brooks is 73 years old. He's wow. A, do you know him? No. Uh, I've heard the name He's a black before. actor, Bay mm-hmm. Area Theater. He's been doing everything. He and another actor were doing uh, The Meeting, mm. the Martin Luther King, yeah. um, this, the hypothetical Martin Luther King, Malcolm X meeting at a train station. Uh, oh, wow. I've heard yeah. of that. Uh, Lynn Schaefer, who is an actor and singer. Uh, his birthday's coming up this week. Um, ah, Zelma Livingston. Wow. I'm kind of shocked. Somebody I went to college with as actress, a singer. Pete's birthday is Pete Fitzsimmons. Ah, you took mine, yeah. I knew you were going to say that. Our Ollie. Pete's yeah. a, our Ollie. He was our narrator in the show and um, fantastic work. And, yeah, his birthday's coming up. Ron Santiano is a director, filmmaker. His birthday mm-hmm. is coming up. Dodds Delzel. Is an actor in the North Bay. He does a lot of stuff around the Santa Rosa area. And a couple of years ago, I went to see a show up in Berkeley, and he was playing. And it was funny. I met him. We were doing a show, and he played this very, like, high-status New York cop kind of guy. And in this show, he played, like, a low, low low-status working man. It was so hilarious. Um, It was gorgeous, wonderful. Um, Nathaniel Andalus, Mm -hmm. who played uh, my son... uh, Laertes oh. in Hamlet last year. Yeah. 
Uh, Willem Long has done a lot of stuff with Anton's Well. Not okay. a lot. He's done some stuff with Anton's Well. He's also been doing stuff with um, Utopia Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and wonderful. In fact, we did a piece together. It took me two rehearsals to recognize who he was. <laughs> and I was like, why is this guy so familiar? And finally he said something at some point. I went, Wait a minute. You were in this show. And it was only two characters in the other show that I'd seen him in. Still wow. didn't recognize him. He's just mercurial. Uh, Michael Capelli. Michael was in Michael our, Capelli. That's yes. right. Before the Dream. Before the Dream, our Richard wow. Wright story yeah. many, many years ago. Fabre. He was Michael Fabre. Uh, Michelle Fabre. Deb Fink mm-hmm. is a local actress. She does a lot of work with uh, Central Works, but mm-hmm. all around. And she teaches. Um, she does a lot of on-camera uh, classes and stuff. Cool. Tamika White, who is down mm-hmm. in L.A. Yeah. Actress. Uh, Nick, you're going to have to say his last Nick name. Nick Mandrakia. Yeah, his birthday's coming up Friday. <laughs> Fantastic singer and actor. Go ahead. Um, and I think that's what I uh, – Melvina Jones, who I haven't seen in forever, but she was doing a lot of work with Brava for a while. All right. Brava Theater. Those are our, my birthdays. Who you got? I So you took a lot of mine. I have a couple of friends of mine who graduated with me uh, from Duke Ellington School of the Arts, Jen Furlong. Her birthday is today. Um, fantastic uh, actress. Uh, let's see. Lin Nguyen, Lin, Lin Nguyen, um, her nickname is Lin Skywalker. She is a budding actress. Um, she's actually uh, a person who has taken a lot of acting courses, and she, she's, she's a late bloomer who's getting into acting, and so mm-hmm. I try to encourage her. But her birthday is on Friday, uh, or was on Friday. Uh, then um, a good friend of mine, Kobe Cole, who is a actor and singer, uh, he also graduated with me from Duke Ellington, and uh, we did Bubbling Brown Sugar together. Uh, his birthday is on Sunday, November the 11th. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Pete, he took his, Pete the Cat. Um, Evie Donnelly, uh, her birthday, uh, she's also someone who graduated from me from Ellington. Her birthday is Wednesday. Nick Mandrakia, Tamika, uh, you took that. And that is it. Uh, shows. I don't have any shows. I'm bad. I, <laughs> um, I want to uh, pump. Let's see. Hold on. I will say um, yeah, go ahead. Um, Antigonix, okay. which is an adaptation of Antigone that's being done at the Soda School of the Arts. Elizabeth directed it, and it's this weekend, so I will go ahead and mention that. Chasing Pebbles, uh, that is a piece uh, at Bindlestiff Studios written and directed by um, Andrea Almario. Uh, also co-directed by her sister, Aureen Almario. I've been trying for a long time to get them on the A. One of these days yeah. I will. But there's always some great work done do at uh, Bendelstiff Studios. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have a show going on now up until – hold on. Let me find out when the, the show ends. On the 17th, which will be next weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chasing Papals, there have been a lot of shows about – there's been a lot of political theater going on. So this is a show about a uh, an immigrant, a Philippine immigrant, who I guess is having some immigration issues in the United States. Uh, that's going on also. David Stein, a good friend of mine, he's written a piece, Appointment at Sonora, which also talks about the immigration issues. So there's a lot of uh, immigration-related theater going on. Uh, I will pump, once again, Cheer, the Story of a Dreamer, um, written by uh, Lindo Amayo Hassan which is also about il- immigration, which is that's at the uh, Stage 1 Chavot College. Uh, it opened November the 1st. It ends tomorrow. 
uh, Ward 6, Central Works, that ends tomorrow. Oh. So if you want to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I want to p- pump uh, The Right Note, which will be playing at the Phoenix Theater. That will be uh, after Thanksgiving, November 30th through December the 15th. Uh, Jerome I saw the thing for that, but I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. It's a new musical. Oh, new musical. Ri- that's, written, by that's Jerome, yeah, written by Jerome Gentes, who runs the musical cafe. Right, yes. And the play cafe. Mm-hmm. And that's it for me. Uh, Shotgun Players has uh, Women Laughing Alone with Salad. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. Yeah. And also, I think, uh, did I mention Central Works? Uh, Chekhov's Ward yeah, 6. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, did. Yeah, okay. Ward 6. You said closing this weekend? I believe so. Wow. Yeah, it closed tomorrow. James, did you have a good time? Yeah, it was fun. Right this on. Is, this is great. <laughs> cool. And you mentioned, uh, that's right, you have a uh, podcast as well. I should. Well, I right. have not updated in years. I, I was, oh. My YouTube series, I think I'm going to continue to do. Okay. Uh-huh. I think uh, with so much dental work, I've taken a few weeks off. I've had, uh-huh. I've had dental work myself. I just came out of the d- dentist's office yet, uh, Thursday. Mm-hmm. But in any case, uh, no, we'll pump that as well. So uh, we'll, if you give me the link, okay, okay, I'll link yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I just try and hit on everything right now, see what sticks, and um, eventually I'll probably stick to one topic. Because mm-hmm. I don't think viewers, I don't, I've got maybe 85 subscribers maybe. But in yeah. the past year, it's actually gone from like 20 to 85. So I think the work I have put in is, is mm-hmm. shown. But you, know, you see other people with 4 million. It's like, ah, I don't sure. know if I'm going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think that communication and collaboration, like, you know, oh, I yeah, pump yeah. yours and, you, and like Will Hammond, our good friend Will Hammond. Right. He has a podcast and I'm pumping his. I advertise his. He advertises mine. Mm-hmm. So hoping that, you know, community-wise, we can sort of pump each other up. Yeah. That's right. what it's all about. All right, here is my blurb. You can find the Yay on the Apple Podcast app on all iPhones and iPads. Uh, you're listening to it already, but you can tell your friends. You Please. can also find the Yay on iTunes. That's if you're one of those um, who listens to podcasts on laptops and desktops. You just click on iTunes, go on Store, use the search engine on, on the upper right-hand side, and search for the Yay, you'll find us. For Android users, download the SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com and you will find us. And you may have other podcast apps that you'll use. Just search for The Yay and you'll also find us. The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. You can find me on Reg Space Clay. Norman is at Hoosier Hoosier. James, do you have a uh, you have a uh, Instagram or um I, a, I don't know website. if I have an Instagram account yet. That's one thing I've always been slow at. It's like okay. I don't know. It's like that's for yeah. photos. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. I have one, and the last time I tried to upload, I couldn't even figure out how to do it. I yeah. did Google Plus, and then sooner or later they canceled it. But oh, well, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah I think they finally uh, yeah. discontinued it. Yeah. So yeah, the young people always tell me, hey, you know, if you don't do these you know, Twitter, Snapchat, all this stuff, then you lose people who will connect to you and whatever. It's like, Damn all right, people. I'll try a little bit of everything. They're gonna In get case, old someday. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? You hit us up, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, and you will find us, and we will talk about whatever you want to talk about. And we, we gotta, gotta find, find a better, better sign off. off. And we. <laughs>